You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Someone who would never be called dink and dunk. Am I right, Kurt? Am I right with that statement? Probably. I'm probably more on the extreme of the other side. Uh, what, tell us Some how... would probably beg for me to be a little bit more dink and dunk. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the that's fair. that I was. I mean, uh, let, no. let, let our audience know why I'm saying that. What has been your experience over the last week with the 49er quarterback position, their fan base, and the phrase dink and dunk? I mean, it, it's simply just as we all know that... Um, you know, pe- people are always trying to, to pick apart different players. And so, uh, obviously, that must be some sort of theme that's going on in uh, 49er Nation, um, that he's a dink-and-dunk quarterback and that you can't, I guess, win the big game with, with the dink-and-dunk quarterback. And so, um, I don't know, somebody tagged me in something that, that had that perspective on it. And, um, you know, so I just went back and picked one of his games. I mean, I watch every throw of every game anyway, so I already have an idea of, um, you know, of what my thought process is. But, you know, so much to me about dink and dunk is about, you know, A, you always have to play within the offense. And so there are certain offenses that are more dink and dunk. And it's such a hard thing now because, you know, half the teams in the league, half their throws are five yards or less from the line of scrimmage anyways. You know, so the nature of offense in the NFL is somewhat dink and dunk. But it's really just... Do you play the offense? And, you know, based on the progressions and what defenses are giving you, are you afraid to attack down the field when you have opportunities and you're more likely to just check it down? Or are you a guy that just plays within the offense, even if that means you throw the ball down the field twice a game? That, to me, doesn't matter. It's the willingness to do it. It's the way that you look and aggressively attack down the field. And so, um, you know, so I went back and, and just broke down one of Brock's games, um, you know, to just kind of get a take on this whole dink and dunk idea and you know is it the offense was it you know particular game that somebody saw is that the nature of how he plays and obviously um if you've watched the video the game i picked was actually the playoff game against seattle um man and more than half of his throws were throws that were down the field were attacking down the field and again you know you can you can look at the video and go well he didn't make every one of the throws well and that's also the nature of the beast. When you throw the ball down the field, your percentage is always going to be lower, no matter who you are in the league. But to me, it's, again, about the willingness to attack down the field. As we joked at the beginning, you know, being a gunslinger, that was my mentality. I was trying to throw a touchdown every time I dropped back, and then if I had to, I would settle for the checkdown. That, to me, is the nature of how you play a game within the structure of your offense. And I felt like the times that I watched Brock, 
he was not a guy that was simply looking to check the ball down or, or to throw and complete the easy throw. He was trying to play the offense and was aggressive when he needed to be aggressive. And you had the greatest show on turf, and this team is a lot more 21 personnel and sleight of hand and play action. And isn't the league in general a lot more predisposed to that dink and dunk style and coaches just don't want to put their quarterbacks in a position to make the big mistake? Well, I think it's as much the rules as anything. You know, back when, you know, when we were playing, you could be much more aggressive on the outside and they didn't call, um, you know, some of the things that they, they call now and they weren't as ticky tacky with contact past five yards down the field and all of that stuff. And so, you know, teams were much more aggressive at the line of scrimmage. So it was harder to, you know, to get off coverage and to throw the slip screens or some of the RPOs that we're throwing in the league now. But because of those rules, yeah, I mean, offenses take advantage of it. And and why wouldn't you? I mean, if you can get, you know, half of your throws made within five yards of the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a better chance to succeed in terms of completing passes. And as you said, less chance of, of turning the ball over when you're not throwing it 25, 30 yards down the field. So, yeah, I think the nature of the rules of the game, um, you know, lend themselves to what we see now. And that is a lot more dink and dunk type throws. Um, you know, and again, I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, it's not dink and dunk if you're throwing a wide receiver screen because that's the design of the play is to throw a wide receiver screen. More of a dink and dunk is, well, if the play is designed with options down the field, are you passing up those options to throw checkdowns or throw short passes? Um, and again, you, you can't just relatively just say one or the other without looking at the tape and going, okay, what is this play designed to do is this play designed to throw a you know a short pass is the number one receiver so to speak a guy that's five yards down the field which becomes more of a dink and dunk or is it hey we're trying to get the guy down the field you know 25 yards and then he's not open we're trying to get the 15 yarder and then you settle for the five yard check down when you have to so you have to just look at each and every play and be able to decipher it before you can just say oh let's look at the air yards on you know how far they threw the down the field or how many big plays did they get you you know that to me never tells the the story you know it can accentuate what you see on the tape but it doesn't tell the story just looking at the stats Kurt Warner is joining us here on Willard and Dibbs 95.7 the game great to have his perspective and Kurt you might be the perfect guy to ask this and you you're you're probably aware of the dynamic it's like Brock Purdy is here and 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 played well last year but he's a seventh round draft pick and Trey Lance is over here on the other hand the third overall pick in the draft and has never really gotten a chance and people think man that guy's got to have his chance but from someone who went from grocery store clerk to the Hall of Fame, like how much of a factor should that be at all where these guys were drafted? Well, I think the bottom line is we know it's always a factor, right? It doesn't matter where you sit. Um, you know, if you've paid somebody money, if you've invested draft capital, whatever that is, if you've done that to someone, Everybody in the organization wants that player to succeed. They want to give that player every opportunity because it's a reflection of them, right? Now, I would look at it and go, well, it's also a reflection of you that you drafted Brock Purdy. I don't care where you drafted him. You chose him in the seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, but you chose him because you felt like he had a chance. So 
that's a win for you as well, whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. But again, at the end of the day, we know that you know investment means opportunity in most situations. But I would also say, at the end of the day, um, nobody's going to care where you got your quarterback or when you got your quarterback if you're successful with your quarterback. If you've decided to play a free agent and he's the best player and he gives you a best chance and you win the more, more games with him, nobody's going to care, right? I mean, look at Tom Brady. He was a six-round draft pick. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at this point. Hey, he was the best guy for the job. They played him. They won. And that's how Bill Belichick and the Patriots are linked with Tom Brady. Not, oh, shoot, you guys didn't draft until the sixth round. You guys didn't know what you were doing. No, nobody cares. And so that, to me, is how I look at it. Teams want to win. And you play the player that gives you the best opportunity to win, whether you drafted him, whether you traded for him, whether they fell in your lap. It doesn't matter to me because it's about winning. And at the end of the day, nobody cares where and how you got the person as long as that person is there winning games for you. And so that to me is is where, you know, when I look at um, the 49ers now, and then you can even throw Sam Darnold in the mix. They didn't draft him, right? They, they, they just pick him up. But so what? If he's the best guy and this is a perfect system where he can live up to that draft billing that he had, then he should play. And that to me is, is what this game should always be about. Let them all compete. And whoever separates themselves and shows that they can be the best guy and give you a best chance to win, you play them. And, you know, again, I think Jimmy G was a great example of that. You know, everybody just wanted to keep replacing him and keep replacing him and keep replacing him. And all he did was go in and win. And it was like, geez, just play the guy because he wins and he plays and he deserves to be in that position. Um, but we're always looking for someone that has more, right? Someone that has, uh, you know, one extra step above, um, you know, maybe the guy that we've got right now. And that's the nature of the league. But the bottom line is there's only a handful of those guys. You know, I look at Jimmy G and I think he's a quality starter in the National Football League. Um, and you could win a lot of games with a guy like that. Okay. Maybe he's not the guy that can separate you and carry you with his right arm week in and week out. Okay, so you've got the second tier of quarterbacks. Well, how many guys in the league are that first tier? What do we got, five or six? Well, you've got maybe one of the top guys in that second tier. And that, to me, you know, becomes a part of the whole mix. And you're, you're trying to figure out you know, what you have in all three of these guys. Is there a guy that has a little bit more upside but does all the other things really, really well? Or is one guy just got a bunch of upside but doesn't do the little things as well? Now, who gives you the best chance to win? So I, I think we're all fascinated by how this is going to play out. I think the bottom line is we saw Brock Purdy when he played he played and he won games you know very much like Jimmy G he made the plays he was supposed to make he didn't make the big mistakes and that to me is where he gets a leg up um, you know Trey not as much you know there was a lot of inconsistencies there even though there were some moments I didn't see the consistency to say if I get that Trey Lance moving forward that we're going to win game after game, he's got to grow. Not that he hasn't up to this point, but he's got to. And you can say the same with Sam Darnold. We saw some, we've seen some really, really good games from Sam Darnold to say, this guy has the talent to be a starter in this league. But he's lacked consistency. And so with that, that's why he's bounced around everywhere. That's why he's in San Francisco right now. And so... I can't sit here and say either one of those other two guys gives them a better chance with what I've seen on film 
and what I've seen on the field than Brock Purdy does based on what we saw from Brock last year. And that's how I would start this thing. And then I would say, you other two guys, prove it to me. Prove it to me that you can be more consistent and you've got something that Brock doesn't have. Otherwise, I would go into this situation and say, Brock's my starter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's well put, Kurt. And I think the follow-up question begs is that, is it just the system then that determines ultimately how far this team can go? If you don't have a top-tier quarterback, is it safe to say this team can still win a Super Bowl because the system and the players around the quarterback are good enough to get that done? Well, I mean, uh, you know, again, I- the quarterback position drives so much. We know that. I mean, you know, very few times do you see, you know, what we might call average, um, you know, quarterbacks win Super Bowls. And when they do, it's usually because we have a great defense and we have a great running game. And you can truly be a complimentary piece. With the nature of the league, as we were already talking about earlier, you know, it doesn't lend itself to that as much anymore because the quarterback has to do so much. Teams are throwing so much more, so the quarterback has to make those plays. Um, but here's the thing. When I look at quarterbacks, I don't look at it from the standpoint of, you know, he's a second-tier quarterback because he doesn't have the arm strength of, you know, a Josh Allen. Or he's a second-tier quarterback because he can't do the crazy things that a Patrick Mahomes can do. I believe you can be a top-tier quarterback by doing what you're supposed to do, making the right decision, making the layup throws. When there's big plays to be made, you can make those big plays. Not going above and beyond you know, the scope of a play, but simply playing the position better than other guys play the position. I think like a Joe Burrow is a guy that I would, you know, I would throw in that category, is that he doesn't necessarily wow you with anything physically. What he does is he reads coverages, he gets the ball out on time, he makes big-time throws, he's extremely accurate, and that, to me, separates him and makes him a top-tier guy. And so, you know, when we look at these other guys, I don't think we can just look and say, well, he doesn't have the top-end talent, so to speak, that other guys have, so he can't be a tier-one quarterback. I want to see Brock, and, you know, and really all these guys, but I want to see Brock, you know, I wish they could replay that championship game, and I want to see him in that moment against a really good team. Could he have made those key plays that separated them, that got them over the top where they didn't have to just depend on the run game and the defense? And that will ultimately be what decides what tier, in my opinion, a Brock Purdy falls into. Kurt, do you think that there's, like, added pressure in, in, in this specific market, this specific team, because of the pedigree, the Montana, the young, the way our fan base looks at it? I know you never played here, but certainly been in the division and whatnot. Do you, do you think there's something a little different for, for this crop that we're talking about to live up to? Uh, I, I'm sure there's, there's a piece that's always there, you know, is the history of a team and the fact that they win and they've had tremendous quarterback play. I'm sure there's a little bit more pressure there. But I I also believe that, 
you know, those guys, there's been a long time in between when those guys were doing what they were doing and where we're at now. And so I don't think people, you know, and even me covering the game, you know, I don't look at the 49ers and go, oh, you got to be Joe Montana to be their quarterback. Otherwise, you're never going to live up to the billing. I, I think we're past that, and we're also at the point where we go, hey, Joe and Steve were, were special. Those guys were unique. You know, you can go down to Miami, and, and Dan was unique, and they've never really found anybody to replace him. You don't replace the great ones, and I believe in San Francisco they understand that even though they had a tremendous period where they had great quarterback play and they're always waiting for the next guy to step in you know and be the next great one um i don't think it's it's really has to be defined that way and i think most players you know understand that and don't feel that same sort of pressure kurt warner okay so real quick he brock purdy is not a dink and dunk qb that's right that's right. Okay. How I believe, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll take your opinion over any of ours, that's for sure. Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. You got it. Take care, guys.